going to sneeze and keep it in. No, no. Uh, false, false alarm. Um, welcome, everybody, to a... Uh, we're trying something different. Uh, it is a shorter, kind of bite-sized episode of uh, STA, Sharpen That Axe. Uh, welcome, guys. Please don't start on this one. Go to a longer one to get more of a feel of what's going on. Don't go back to the start as well, because we have no idea what we're doing. Um, my name is... <laughs> Sort of like around episode eight or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it is good. Or, or just go down, scroll down through. If there's a name that you recognize, click on that. Listen to that interview. Um, and if you don't recognize any of the names, then maybe this isn't the podcast for you. Just saying. You probably yeah. already have a lot of podcasts in your life. John, I've adopted this rule. Uh, adopted this rule, rather, not like a film. Um, that I'm not allowed to start listening to any podcast unless I unsubscribe from another one. That is my first Well, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. There's yeah. so many out there. So thank you, dear listeners, for joining us on yes, our podcast if, if anybody else is thinking of listening to a different podcast please don't delete us from your feed because you know we'll know uh, <laughs> yeah our fragile little egos couldn't take it um my name is dylan murphy uh with me always is my co-host john gellan john how's things how's things things are things um it's it's been an interesting week lots of guitaring going on so that's always good, good. that's how we like it here yeah exactly that's kind of the point of this podcast Yes, it is. In fact, it's a mini episode, so there's no time to talk about stuff. Uh, so, <laughs> so a recent Facebook post went up uh, from Electro Harmonics. Uh, basically, you know, pedal um, uh, pedal professionals uh, saying that they are well, they they they're breaking out into the string world. And John tagged me and said, "We we, we should talk about this." So here we are talking about it. John, does it matter? What are we talking about? I, yeah, I'm I'm dumbfounded by this. Like somebody who's been in the pedal business now. We talked in our NAM episode, a summer NAM episode that we just put up last week, I think, mm-hmm. um, yes. a, just about Fender getting into the pedal game. And my initial reaction to Fender was like, what are you doing, guys? Like, you make guitars and amps and you do that fine. This is a saturated, well, it's probably not saturated, but there's so many boutique builders out there right now. Like, why even bother? Yeah. Fender, I, you know? Yeah. Um, I appreciate your uh, slight diss there at Joe Satriani's saturator pedal. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, but the thing is, we were all as as if you go back to the episode and you know listen, or you listen to us discuss it now. We were like, oh wait, no, the reviews are really good and these sound really good because right, right, quality like it is quality. So here's here's a well-known pedal manufacturer, and if you don't know Electroharmonics, like you should. They make a lot of really good pedals at a good price point too. They may yes. not necessarily be like super crazy. They're not going to be Earthquaker pedals or, you know, really boutique pedals. But that said, they're still going to be nice and they're going to get the job done. And they've got a lot of classic famous pedals. Absolutely. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> et cetera. And the others. Yeah, well, I've got the soul food. I've got the soul food. I really like the soul food. It's, it's, it's yeah, no, the soul food is a great clean boost. Um, and it's they've also got these other pedals that they've been coming out with, kind of the organ sounds and stuff, which, to be honest, aren't really for me. Um, but they're really interesting. I'm not going to buy one, but it's absolutely <laughs> fascinating. So no, thank you. So yeah. So it's it's one thing to basically start building pedals. We're looking at you, Kirk Hammett. Um, but it's another thing to basically start saying, oh, do you know what the world needs? More guitar strings. Yeah. Uh, John, do you have a dedicated brand of guitar strings? I well, prefer the Diodario, just the regular Diodario 10s, the orange pack. Yeah, you know, same as. Yeah, exactly. So and I know a lot of people prefer 
Ernie Balls and the Slinkies, they're, I think they're easier to bend. I just, I don't particularly, they feel floppy under my mm. fingers. And so I'm not really a huge fan of them. Um, but the, so Electro Harmonics has come out now with a set of strings. And the way they describe it, it's each wound string is precision wrapped with a round nickel plated steel onto a high carbon hexagon shaped steel core. The plain steel strings are made from the same high carbon steel as the hex cores and the high quality steel and computer controlled winding process results in strings that intonate accurately are better at staying in tune and vibrate evenly for maximum sustain. Basically every high grade string manufacturer is doing all of those things. So yeah. I don't understand what makes them separate or separates them from everyone else. Like what makes these strings worth buying? Why should I even try a pair over the Diodarios that I use all the time? Yeah, I don't know. It's such a weird business move. I think that's what's so kind of dumbfounding about this. Right. Is that, you know, if you're known for one thing, okay, we were talking about Fender, but you know, Fender have taken a bit of a roll of the dice, but you know, with pedals, at least you're, you know, you're, you're making your money back if you sell them, but strings is just such a random move. Well, and I think strings are really subjective. A pedal, you can look at it and you can hear it. And just like I said, there's some great electro harmonics pedals that I think sound amazing. I will never, well, maybe not never, but I have no particular use for them. I might buy one because it sounds fun at some point, but yes. if I'm thinking gigging, like I have no need for my guitar to A, sound like an organ or B, acquire or C, both of those things at the same time. Mm. But both of their, you know, their Mel 9 and their B9 and all the other ones that they have out are, you know, they're fantastic sounding pedals, but they're, the strings are really subjective. And that's the thing that I think gets me. And I, like I said, I don't like the slinkies because they just feel loose in my fingers. It's not that it's a bad product. It's just personal preference on that. And then, but I, and Diodario too, recently introduced a new set of strings. They're, they're XT strings, which are supposed to have longer life. And, you know, again, here's their description. The, the Diodario XT combines high carbon steel cores and the company's most popular alloys with extended lifespan treatment on every string set. Oh, it's the exact same thing. <laughs> right. Except, you know, I think they might kind of do the, the wrap thing that uh, Elixir does. And that's probably been the biggest innovation in strings in the last 50 years. Yeah. Well, not 50, but it's been the most consumer identifiable okay thing. yeah but i think yeah. by and large all the major manufacturers whether we're talking about diodario or we're talking about uh ernie ball or probably even fender you know uh, ghs etc they're all all these strings they're all computer controlled at this point they all use better steel than they used 20 years ago so things intonate better and they stay in tune longer Mm -hmm. I yeah, I think we we're we're blowing the lid off this industry. This con, you know. <laughs> they're probably all the same strings with like different you know different right. package. There's we're, just we're, one giant plant in Indonesia. That's it. That makes everybody's strings. That's it. We're blowing the whole. We're you know we're we're taking down <laughs> we're taking down big string, you know. Uh, yeah, it's uh, and have you thoughts on uh, elixirs while we're while we're on oh, this? I hate elixirs. I just ugh, yuck. 
Oh, yuck. <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as saying yuck, John. That's a bit, that's a bit much. Well, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm all in. I'm, I'm all in on that. Like, I, I, you know, I just, I never, I never liked the way they felt. I never liked the way they played. Um, I suppose you're not a, you're not that much of a steel string player either. Electric, electric strings, I do not like. But Oh, I no, 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 no. Well, and on steel strings, the thing is, I just found them, I always found them really bright on steel yeah. strings. And particularly when people stick them on a tailor and plug it in, it's just the whole thing is all shimmery high-end stuff and the mm. rest of the guitar just disappears. Um, that's, that's my take on it. But I do, I prefer the Martin strings. Those are the ones I usually gravitate towards uh, with acoustics. Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 uh, controversial because there's so many people who are just especially like acoustic guitar players like Newton Faulkner and everything, they just go to elixirs. It's like they're mm -hmm. going to. Um, yeah, so that is basically our, our mini gear talk um, segment of the episode. We're still figuring out what to do for this. We might just keep it as a gear talk, uh, you know, episode like a bite-sized thing. Uh, but let's t talk about. Uh, so you were talking about maybe we should talk about how we started playing guitar, just as a little bit of a you know yeah. bonus content. Yeah, just guitar chat. I'm curious. So what was it like? One of the things, uh, dare I talk about the dreaded thesis mm. that I came across, and if, if you don't know what we're talking about the thesis, go, go back and listen to the early episodes where we were struggling through the master's thesis together. Yes, a lot of uh, people t start taking Ritalin or something while doing their MA thesis. We just started a podcast. <laughs> our, our drug of choice. Which I don't know if that's any more or less productive, but... One of the things I came across in a lot of my research was what the experience was for young guitarists trying to learn the instrument, going into guitar shops and not knowing anything. And the guy inevitably behind the counter, who is <laughs> probably 30 years older than you are, just looks at you with disgust and disdain. And it just, it's this weird like power dynamic where you're like, please, may I have some more information about guitar, sir? And he like slaps you across the face with a law pedal. Yeah. You know, so the, I, I, and so it just got me thinking, I'm kind of curious, what was, what was the thing that sort of got you into guitar and what was your experience like in uh, Limerick, which is, I presume where, where that was, you know, yep. what were the music stores like? What was the, <laughs> the theme like? What was, you know, Music store is plural, John. That's really yeah. assuming a lot. Um, no, my um, so learning music was like learning how to play music. I suppose I started off as a drummer, and from like the age we of won't 12, hold it against you. Oh, I'm bringing all the jokes on. I, yeah. I well, uh, so, the fact yeah. is, you probably have better rhythm than most guitar players. So there is. It that. was great, though. It was a really good way, especially with learning how to use a click um, and locking into a click and being able to even just like reading. Um, note groupings uh was like you know drum, learning how to read drum music was, was a really big part of that um but yeah I, so i kind of moved to guitar my dad always had a guitar around the house and like uh, you know i think every guitar player is the same they start you you start playing guitar like three or four times before you start to take it seriously <laughs> and no i just because it hurts man it's a it's a it's an annoying especially issue. as a kid in trying to play you know in a, a giant acoustic guitar yeah, a giant, terrible Yamaha with terrible action. Um, so <laughs> it's bigger than you are. 
Yeah. <laughs> so my dad, as one of his, I think it was his third midlife crisis, um, bought an electric guitar. And he bought like a Squire with the amp, you know, the, the package or whatever. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But no, it was like, I, I like Squires. I, I, I no We beef. talked about this in the last episode. Like, yeah. it can be, they can be really good. Yeah. And then, so I got him a few... I think I think it was honestly got like his 40th birthday he got a you know an electric guitar and I got him some magazines and then he started he showed me one day he was like he was like learning I think it was like a blur song and I was like how are you able to read the music and he showed me oh this is tabs and it was like <laughs> a real penny drop thing you know yeah. and just it was it was it was amazing it was just like me being figuring out not having to read music but being able to play along with my favorite songs was a massive thing i don't know if you remember mx tabs back in the day but it was kind of one of these you know uh, yeah it was one of these uh tab oh yes 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 before ultimate guitar and 911 started taking over the whole online tabs market man i was on mx tabs every day um so that was a big thing i mean in terms of like music stores and ah dude we at limerick we only had one there's a second one now it's really good um in limerick called steamboat music uh, which has been taken over by uh, a local kind of young man who basically has this this price point that he will match any price in europe which is amazing so um for all the stuff that he can yeah, including Tolman. Um, oh. I got my, got my Blues Junior there. And there's more. There's more music stores doing that in Ireland, man. They just want to kind of. Uh, they they like there's ish music in Galway that thanks you for not going to the Germans. Um, so yeah, it's it's you know it's 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 a good service. But apart from that, it was it was like sparse. Um, so yeah, I mean it was just through boredom and not having any interest in sports, which is kind of the opposite of you, uh, Johnny Utah. Um, you, you 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 got into. You got into playing, I suppose, also playing sports and doing a lot of, um, I know you had a lot going on, but when did you really start playing? Um, I, I remember getting my first guitar at like 15 or 16. And, five and dime. <laughs> right. And then, you know, and, and I just played it and I played it until my fingers bled. So the, uh, actually that, that happened once, but let me tell you something, dear Dear listener, if you are playing your guitar until your fingers bleed, you're doing it wrong. So yes. there, <laughs> there is that. Um, now, my first guitar uh, was given to me as a Christmas present, and I'd been asking for it for ages. And the thing was, though, it was this kind of $100 acoustic guitar brand I can't even remember. Mm. Um, and it uh it, it was just it was hard to play and it wasn't what i was interested in i mean i was listening to rock and u2 and some <laughs> some other things there it's easy to rag on u2 the first song i learned was desire oh yeah 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 three chords so, yeah exactly exactly and i played it ad nauseum um but it, i didn't really start taking it seriously until i bought a mexican strat and a little tiny eight inch marshall and boy i thought that was cool um and <laughs> actually i i the mexican strat is one of those guitars that i wish i had kept i've had several other guitars that i've gotten rid of but it was like i wish i had kept that instead of instead i sold it for an ibanez of all things but oh. Well, it was, you know, that was your, your, your brand of music. Uh, yeah, there's a bit of that, unfortunately. 
but the thing um the thing was is it, it, here I remember going to school and and just not being impressed with the music everybody else was listening to because it wasn't a bunch of you snob fancy yeah seriously so I listened to all the old music so I could get a better like fancier guitar licks and I there there were basically two things I did like I would go to sports practice and stuff sports ball I'd play all the sports ball sports ball yes not really but there it, I played like two sports in high school and then in my off time I would just practice guitar and I would as weird as it sounds like I'm kind of an introvert in that respect and so it it helped because I was just like I don't want to go hang out with people outside of school and sports ball so I'm just going to sit here in my room and play guitar oh but yeah I remember my parents got me a subscription to guitar world or player and then I had the other one so I would just comb through those tabs and then I would go through um like you mentioned mx tabs and ultimate guitar and when everything was wrong back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. I had a bootleg version of one of the early guitar pros that I remember using as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. So, but, and incidentally, we haven't talked about it, but guitar pro is a great tool. I've been using that a lot recently. We just okay. Got a, yeah. We got a educational license for Sweet. it. And yeah, it's, it's relatively cheap. And it's a great writing tool I found as well. So, but growing up here, we had a lot of different guitar stores, but there was, I distinctly remember one um, here where just the sales team was absolutely horrible to most people. And not, not even just kids, but I remember going in as a kid and asking for, uh, asking about the pedals because you don't know anything, right? And I distinctly mm. remember asking about the flanger pedal. And the guy behind the counter took like the longest sigh you've ever heard, rolled his eyes and went, oh, dude, you mean the flanger? Mm, yeah. The, <sighs> yeah. Yeah, sure. What does it do? Well, it just sort of makes like an airplane sound like on the Van Halen records. You can't play it. <laughs> <sighs> the comic book guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I distinctly remember that being, uh, one of my very early encounters at one of the local music shops here. Not all of them were that bad. And there was one guy at the shop who was like, oh, well, if you, ha if you listen to this, you should listen to that and go listen to that guy. And he plays this guitar with these pickups and those pedals. And that was always super cool when you get people that would talk shop with you when you're 16, 17 and you don't know anything. Oh, absolutely. And that, that stuff is vital. It really, really is in terms of like, you know, because a bad experience with someone when you're starting off can really put you off learning instruments. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's super, super important. You should always be that guy. If someone is learning, be, you know, source of positivity or not, you know, don't, don't shit on you. Yeah, players. absolutely. When, when you started taking lessons, how old were you? I didn't take lessons like uh, I swear it was just like my dad teaching me three chords and then tabs I took lessons in college oh wow uh, 
yeah, I, I took, yeah, I took a, a, one or two lessons when I was in secondary school. Um, I had this amazing teacher named Dave Hockley, kind of a local Limerick legend who showed me, I remember he, he's like, you know, you never stop learning. And he was just, he was, he, he was the one who was like, he taught me if you're playing electric guitar, always play it with a pick, just in terms of the control and the, mm-hmm. the dynamics. And that kind of always really stuck with me. But I remember him t- saying how he was always still learning stuff and, you know, you can always, you never stop learning. And he was like, I was like, oh, well, what are you learning? And he just puts on a backing track for Shy Boy by David Lee Roth and just... <laughs> And I was just like, oh my God, still one of my favorite songs because I just, I associated with that. But yeah, I um, took music lessons in college just off a local guitar teacher who we actually went to college with, did our MA with, named Cahal Nally, who taught me a few um, guitar, uh, just just basically guitar tricks and stuff like that. But yeah, it was mostly self-taught, man. I think a lot of, I think a lot of the, you know, my generation were... Kind of, it's weird because it was in that kind of generation in between guitar teachers and uh, you know YouTube, so it was all yeah. like magazines and blogs and tab sites. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's all kind of very self taught. But as we said, go back to our last lesson on why you need a teacher. Because yeah, you need a lesson. I, I think that's interesting because it's there. You're right. There is a lot in um, our generation. I'm a little bit on the older side, but that's fine. <laughs> so where you had. You had the magazines and you had the the internet and um but it wasn't sort of full blown youtube and yeah. but at the same time it was like you getting a a lot of the teachers were so behind the times on kind of on things at that time it was kind of like I don't want to work out of a Mel Bay book and I don't really want to, you know, play stand by me. Like those are, that's not really what I'm interested in. Like I'm beyond that. I would want to do something else. And it was, it was kind of hard to find a teacher that wasn't going to go one of those two routes. And, you know, (laughs) so I managed to find one here in, in Colorado Springs that was absolutely fantastic. Rick Green. And not that he'll ever hear the podcast, but uh, it was one of those things that just kind of, it, it worked out because he was interested in like, Hey, let's build guitar solos. Let's talk a little bit of theory. Let's know the fretboard, mm. learn a bunch of different chords. You want to learn a Van Halen song? Let's learn a Van Halen song. And that really influenced me as a teacher, but also as a player. So when I look at the way he did it and he was always excited to see the kids coming through the door, you know, that's, that's a really big step. I think in encouraging somebody to play and it definitely encouraged me to play. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so important to always be a, a, a source of positivity. And it's like, Oh, if you don't get this now, if you keep working on it, you will, you know, don't, don't, um, don't, don't shit on anybody's dreams. Um, <laughs> I think we should leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a uh, catchphrase. There you there go. go. Um, friends, we will be back with a longer episode, more in depth very soon. But uh, thank you for bearing with us through this trial episode uh, where we're kind of breaking it into a smaller chunk. But uh, yeah, John, anything to add? Oh, no, give I don't. Like. Give us a like and a subscribe. Yeah, button. like, subscribe. ITunes, please. We have like 10 reviews. I thought we had like two. So that's great. Oh, um, hey, fantastic. Are they yeah, mostly are, good? <laughs> they are. We are on four stars, which is great. Uh, four star average, which is brilliant. So I think we had one, like most of them are five stars, but the, we got one low one because the audio quality at the time of the episode wasn't great. But uh, we're, we're working on it. So uh, please leave us a, a like and a review. Uh, it really means a lot and helps people to find us. And uh, we, we're, we're hitting really nice numbers on terms of like you guys. So yeah, you can find us on Facebook. We're also on the Instaham and 
where else? Well, we do have a YouTube channel. So keep that in mind too. We'll have a few things kind of popping up on YouTube as well. We have some of our back catalog on there. If you just want to put it on play while you work away, that's another option for you as well. So, but you'll get to see our shining faces on there soon. I'm, I'm shining, you mean sunburned. Um, <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Friends, have a good week. Stay sharp. Mwah.